Hello, Luke here again. How do you know when to change your exercises? Something that I get asked a shitload. So um, the way I'm going to do this is uh, I basically don't have any notes in front of me. So I apologize if it's going to feel a little bit scattered, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I kind of want to talk as if like I'm talking to another coach because I think that's the easiest way to do things. Now, if you are a coach, it obviously helps because you can then use this information for your clients. If you're not a coach, then I think a really helpful tool is actually to think of yourself as a coach, coaching a client, the client being you. So imagine yourself as a coaching client. What would you do? And I really like this little thought experiment because it helps you to get out of your own head and to maybe be a little bit more objective and to stop overthinking things. I do it all the time. For my own training. Okay, so changing exercises. So the first thing we have to think about is like, why are we selecting the exercises that we are doing in the first place? It must be some combination of, I have the equipment for this, I think it's effective for my training goals, and I enjoy doing it, right? So those are kind of like the three main things we're thinking about. So if I'm coaching someone, the first thing I want to know is, what have they done before? What's worked well for them? What hasn't worked well for them? Sometimes you'll get someone going like, man, every time I do XYZ exercise, I feel like I get really strong. Um, it feels good. I make good progress. Every time I did Y exercise or Y training style, it felt crap and I got injured and it just doesn't seem to suit me or something like that. So you want to think about your training history for that reason because it's going to inform some like personal preference aspect. There's a really big part of this whole thing that feels a little bit nebulous and that is the sort of personal enjoyment and the personal belief in a certain exercise or a certain training style. And this comes back to like the biopsychosocial model. In other words, it's not just what's happening like physiologically or biomechanically or structurally. That stuff is also affected by our belief systems and that kind of thing. And I mean, there's a whole... I just actually did a, a big podcast for my, my private coaching clients. Um, they have a private podcast feed and I did this big thing on placebo and nocebo and how our beliefs actually affect our performance and our gains and all this kind of stuff. So the long and short of it is if you really have some kind of preconceived idea about how an exercise works for you, it's pretty likely that you'll put in more effort on that exercise, you'll get more out of that exercise, you'll perform better, that kind of thing. So personal preference is going to make up a really big part of that. And that's just from a performance side of things. There's obviously the other aspect of personal beliefs and personal preference. That means that you're more likely to just enjoy your training and therefore be more consistent and stick to it and this kind of thing if you have exercises you enjoy. And so like all of that comes back to your, your training history. If you review your training history and you go like, oh, that's weird. Like every time I was back squatting, I seemed to just be in a really good rhythm with my leg training. Then maybe that informs you there's something about back squatting. Maybe you take it more seriously because you have to get the setup right or it just suits your mechanics really well or you just like it. That's kind of, for me, has, has always been the case. So that's the first thing you need to think about. And from there, you kind of need to think about, okay, what are my, what are my goals with these exercises, right? Um, depending on who you talk to or how you frame it, exercise selection is either the most important thing you can do or one of the least important things. What do I mean by that? Well, like if you want 
big biceps you have to train your biceps like that's there's just no way around that so in that sense if you're choosing the wrong exercises and you're not including any direct bicep work you're just not going to get big arms you're just not going to get big biceps so in that sense it's really important that you choose an exercise that is going to target the tissue that you want to grow or the lift that you want to get stronger at if you want to get really good at squatting then dude you got to squat right but beyond that sort of broad category of of exercise prescription it starts to get less and less important now it still matters but especially in the short term it's kind of like look if you choose one of the major leg variations whether it's a squat or a split squat or a leg press or some kind of leg machine you know whatever and you work hard at that and you stay consistent it's likely that you're hitting the target tissue reasonably well and you're going to get some sort of gains out of that. Now, can you tweak that more so that you are more aligned with whatever your goal is? Sure. Like if your goal is to get the biggest legs possible and the most proportional legs possible, then perhaps the specific exercises you choose and how you set them up and all of that is going to matter quite a lot. Perhaps if you're trying to get good at a really specific aspect of sport, then you know the way you set up your exercise and the exercises you use and how that sort of transfers to your sport is also going to be really important you need to think maybe more about joint angles and this sort of stuff but generally speaking that's going to get you much less return than just selecting like a reasonably good exercise that you feel comfortable you can push hard on be consistent with that doesn't hurt you that kind of thing right So once you're there, you've got like some exercises that match your goals. In other words, I want to get strong at a particular movement pattern. Therefore, I'm doing that movement pattern or I want to grow a particular muscle. And so I've chosen an exercise that predominantly hits that muscle group. Uh, Okay, we have in place then the rest of our parameters, like we're training hard, we're recovering well, we've got all of our rest periods and all that sort of, all the other training variables sorted. The question then is, all right, um, what do I do now? Like, do I just stick with this forever? When do I change it? How do I change it? That kind of thing. Uh, Right. So basically, if you think about it, if something's working, you kind of don't need to change it. If you're able to get a reasonable amount of, let's say, quad growth by back squatting, and you're making progress from, let's say, month to month, and it all feels good, you're not getting injured, you're not getting bored, then there's no reason why you can't just stick with back squatting as like one of or the primary quad movement that you use for like months and months and months on end. There's no reason why you can't do that. And I would even go as far to argue as there's no real reason to vary it too much. You don't really need to play around with variations or tempo changes, all that sort of stuff. Now, if you really wanted to optimize and go into the finer details and get an extra 5% out of everything, yes, you could say, okay, you know, for, for the next four weeks, I'm going to really emphasize like a pause at the bottom so that I can emphasize the length and position of the quads. And then the following week, I'm going to do something different and uh, this and that. Like, sure, okay, you can go ahead and do that. But for most people, I think this is kind of getting into the realm of where they start to overthink things. And it kind of violates our principle of like the first thing we said, where you have to think about what you're enjoying and what enables you to just put in the most effort consistently without getting sort of pain and making making sure that you're actually making progress. Um, 
So that could mean that, okay, if I'm coaching someone and they are progressing really well, um, they're, they're growing, their lift's going up, either they're doing more reps for the same weight or the weight is going up for the same number of reps or their RPE, their distance to failure is, is going down over a training phase. I know they're making progress on the lift, which is cool. It means that they're going to be growing muscle and or they're ticking a box to grow muscle and it also means potentially that they're getting stronger um then i kind of go okay are they still enjoying it are they still motivated to train do they like this movement it all feels good yes well i don't really have a reason to change it then i don't have a lot of reasons why i'm going to go in and start tinkering with that uh, i th think you should try and maybe get as much out of it while you can because it's working really well and you might run into a situation which i often do with um, the people that I coach where they kind of just want some sort of variation to keep things fresh. And that's important because it, it means that they continue to train hard. So there's kind of this paradox, I think, that exists out there in information where people say like, okay, if you change exercises too often, then you don't really know if you're making progress. And I think this is a fair enough argument because you know, let's say you did a back squat for like four weeks and you made a lot of progress and now you can squat 120 kilos for five reps. Cool. And then you go away and maybe you choose a different sort of major lower body pushing exercise and you do that for four weeks and then you decide to come back to the squats. And then you go ahead again and oh yeah I'm making progress my lifts are going up and everything but in the meantime what's happened is you've actually gotten a bit weaker and less coordinated at the squat you've come back and you've started training it again and you've kind of gone yeah my lifts are going up each week or I am doing more reps for the same weight etc there's progressive overload being applied here but by the end of the phase you're still doing 120 kilos for five reps and you haven't actually made any real progress from your last training phase you've basically just detrained that movement slightly come back trained back up to where you were before and then you're going to swap again and you're going to detrain again and so you end up sort of treading water i think that's that's a real thing that does happen but at the same time if you were to stick with back squats and just trying to make progress uh, by lifting more reps or doing more weight for like eight weeks 10 weeks 12 weeks straight for a lot of people, they just start to get unfocused from it. They just start to care less. They want a little bit more excitement in their program. They don't turn up with the same mentality, the same mindset, the same like oomph behind their training. And then their effort's less and then they don't make any progress anyway. They're not training hard enough to actually progress themselves and grow more muscle and this kind of thing regardless. So there's a balance between like doing an exercise for long enough that you can actually make some real progress on it and making sure that you are varying your exercise variables and your exercise selection enough that you stay engaged with the training or your client stays engaged with the training and, and continues to turn up to the gym and put in a high amount of effort. Um, like if the goal is muscle growth, for example, then I don't think we have to be as tied to specific exercises. If the goal is strength, then you obviously have a specific movement that you're trying to get better at and that should be in there really frequently or something very close to it should be in there so that the skill of the movement is practiced as often as possible. But with, with sort of hypertrophy training, all we're really trying to do is place mechanical tension across fibers. 
And if those fibers are experiencing sufficient mechanical tension, then we're gonna get the signal to grow and we're gonna grow. Uh, we just need to make sure that stimulus stays strong over time, which is why perhaps sticking with a similar exercise over time is going to reflect progress, which means we know that we're making sure that the, the stimulus is, is growing over time as we get stronger and as our, as our muscles adapt. But at the same time, if we're just swapping an exercise and we're working close enough to failure, we're getting in enough volume and our muscle fibers are experiencing enough tension, like we're still probably doing enough to place a stimulus on those muscle fibers and get them to grow and adapt, right? So there's kind of like two camps of thought there that blend somewhere in the middle and we have to try and find that middle ground. Now, as a coach, like I said, if I have someone in front of me who like, let's face it, most people are not like super into training like a coach might be, or like, you know, probably some of those, the people listening to this podcast are like maybe really nerdy about training. Um, sometimes that novelty factor is, is really the main thing that's going to keep them engaged in the gym and keep them moving, as I mentioned. So it may be a case that we do have to alter our exercises more frequently than what would technically be, be like optimal or desirable because we have to deal with that sort of human element of attention and focus and effort and enjoyment of training, which is ultimately extremely important, probably the most important thing. And in that sense, uh, there are more and less intelligent ways of changing your training. You could completely flip uh, programming on its head and just change everything wholesale, which, which can be you know fine for a lot of people. But one thing that I like to do is to maybe think about this as a process of evolution. So how does evolution work? You don't just suddenly have a change overnight. You kind of have this process of natural selection where things are slowly but surely changed over time, right? And that means that, for example, uh, you might go from something like a back squat to a safety bar squat instead of going from like, okay, we're going to do a back squat with a bar to just some completely different movement as your main quad exercise, or we might go from, let's say, a, I don't know, like a, a bench press, like a sort of medium grip bench press to like a slightly wider grip bench press or a slightly inclined bench press or a bench press with a pause or something like that. And so it's a slow evolution over time. And that kind of meets that middle ground that I was speaking about where you're still getting a movement that is similar enough that you're probably going to still see progress in the lifts. Like you're not going to completely detrain the movement. But it is also varied enough that, like, oh, okay, now this is like an interesting little variation on what I'm doing. Now, occasionally what I do do is completely change the exercise for sure. It's still going to maybe, obviously, you're still going to pick a, an exercise that hits the same tissue, but you might change it uh, quite drastically. So it's quite a different variation and that's fine. But I might not do that with absolutely everything on the training program, right? We might instead keep a couple of things the same change a couple of other things and maybe do that sort of middle ground where we slowly evolve another couple of exercises. And that way it's kind of like, um, okay, some of the stuff, like especially perhaps like some of the, the smaller exercises, like a bicep curl, I often kind of feel like, yes, it matters that you still make progress with your sort of single joint bicep curl type movements, but I'm not as married to sticking with a particular variation on a curl versus like a compound movement um, per se. So maybe that's something where we can make quite a big change in exercises more frequently, but we keep the sort of main movements, like your main back movements, your main chest movements, that kind of thing, reasonably stable throughout 
your, your changing program. So that's another thing that I like to think about as well. Now, one thing to consider, if we are trying to optimize for muscle growth or hypertrophy, that there is something called regional hypertrophy, meaning that whenever you do an exercise, there's a varying contribution from all of the muscle fibers involved in a muscle group. So let's say all you ever did was like preacher curls, right? Scott curls, where... Um, you know, you lean over the bench and, and you do your bicep curls with the elbow in front of the body like that. If that was the only bicep curl variation you ever did, then over time, what would happen is that the muscle, yes, you're using your biceps, but the different regions of your biceps would develop differently because of the stress placed on specific fibers within your biceps throughout the range of motion. So what we can do to counteract that is basically just to keep doing bicep curls, but maybe we just vary the type of bicep curl that we do. Uh, and that might just mean that sometimes we do bicep curls where the arm, the elbows at the side. Sometimes we do it where the elbows may be slightly behind the body. Sometimes we do it where the elbow is in front of the body, for example. And that means that it's still a, a very similar movement. It's going to feel slightly different. The resistance profile of each of those exercises is slightly different. In other words, where it's difficult in the movement, where it's most difficult is a bit different. And that way, what we do is we sort of vary the contribution from the different muscle fibers in the biceps. And over time, that should lead to more uniform development. So to be clear, in the shorter term, like a few months, I don't think you're going to notice any difference whatsoever if you're just stuck with exactly the same exercises for that period of time. But I do think that over time, what will happen is that there'll be certain parts of the range of motion where you start to get much stronger and you develop a bit more muscle in certain regions of the, mu of the muscle itself as a result of that. And certain regions where perhaps you'll underdevelop the fibers there because they don't receive as much tension, they don't have to contribute as much to the movement, and you'll also probably be a bit weaker throughout that range of motion. So in that sense, exercise variation is fairly important just for uniform strength and muscular development. But it's not something, again, that's gonna happen on the time frame of like months, it's probably more you know, in, in terms of years. Uh, so I do think that a general strategy of varying your exercises for each muscle group is going to be pretty important. And some muscle groups probably a bit more important than others. Um, just for example, we tend to lump a lot of different things into back training and there's a lot of different sort of fiber orientations and different muscles and this kind of stuff in the back, meaning that there's a lot of different angles that we can train the back with compared to something like, I don't know, the middle delts where it's like, if you just do a lateral raise, you're going to hit the middle delts sort of thing. Um, you know, so the exercise variation is important for that reason. So we do want to have some exercise variation, long story short, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's happening on very short timeframes. And I think, again, that kind of hits the middle ground that I was speaking about where, okay, we don't necessarily want to change our exercises like every three or four weeks completely, but we can sort of slowly evolve them over time or certain aspects of our program can stay completely static while we alter some other exercises in our program. And that means that, you know, over 12, 16, 24 weeks, maybe even six to 12 months, we're sort of rotating through enough variety in our training that we are stimulating all of these different 
parts of the muscle, all of these different muscle fibers uh, with you know reasonably equally. And we're not making such big wholesale changes all the time that we're unable to observe our progress or anything like that either. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of food for thought. It's not that complicated really. Like it can get really complicated how you vary exercises, how you perform them, how you program them, 100%. And if you wanted to optimize that, I think you probably can squeeze maybe an extra 5 or 10% out of your training. But I also think that a lot of people overthink that. And when you kind of contextualize it and you say, okay, this is one aspect that we can potentially go down a really deep rabbit hole on. And then you go, oh yeah, and we can also go down a really deep rabbit hole on you know, proximity to failure and how many reps we do and all this other stuff. And then you sort of multiply all those together. It suddenly gets extremely convoluted. So if we can keep this aspect reasonably simple and the other aspects reasonably simple, then we don't overthink and we end up doing something that we enjoy, something that we feel like we can just get in and work pretty hard on, but something that still doesn't ignore the fact that yes, there are some things that we should try and optimize and we should try and think a little bit more deeply than Okay, just pick a leg exercise and get after it. Um, so practically speaking, what I would recommend is when should you change exercises? Firstly, a big part of it comes down to psychology and personal preference. Uh, you have to stay engaged with your training. Your clients have to stay engaged with their training and you, you really can't get around effort. So if you're going to choose something that is technically, in your opinion, suboptimal, as an exercise selection or whatever, but it means that your client is able to work pain-free or is able to use the equipment that's available at their gym or is able to just put in more effort because they like it, then that's probably going to trump a lot of the other recommendations, right? Uh, The next thing is that we don't want to change exercises too often, but there are probably some exercises that we can get away with changing more often than others. So the stuff where you're not likely to push performance as hard, things like you know, lateral raises or bicep curls, that kind of thing. It's probably less important that you stick with the same variation for longer periods compared to some kind of compound movement or something like that where, you know, you can push performance a bit harder. The third thing is that although you don't want to change your exercises too often, it's probably worthwhile changing your exercises and evolving your variations over time, just to make sure that you are stimulating the muscle across its sort of range of motion and making sure that we're stimulating, you know, all the different muscle fibers that contribute to a movement. Uh, And that way, I think that you've kind of find the balance between getting enough variety without completely overthinking things and trying to perfect how you move through different exercise variations. Um, I just want to add as well that there are some like accounts out there on Instagram or social media in general that are like pushing certain exercise variations for like, okay, this is best for the long head of the triceps and this is best for the sternal head of the pec and this kind of thing. I'm all about that. I think that stuff's awesome, really cool. But I have just seen a lot of people obsess over that stuff at the expense of picking an exercise that they enjoy doing and that they can work hard on. Um, I I just kind of think like if you work through enough exercise variation over, let's say, one to two years, you're going to get enough stimulus across all of those different fibers and movement patterns that you don't really need to like hyper focus on that 
uh, for your programming and feel confused about it. Um, just bear in mind that we're not trying to make each training phase or each program optimal necessarily. What we're trying to do is over time, you know, optimize and get in enough of this variety and hit enough points. But no one program is going to kind of cover absolutely everything. So just pick a couple of things that you feel like will work well and then go with it. And you can always evolve that over time to make sure that you're not quote unquote missing out on anything. Um Basically, it's important to understand what's potentially optimal and then to understand what's actually practical for the individual situation in front of you. Put it that way. Wicked. Hope you have enjoyed this. Uh, if you have, I guess, rate it. I never look at the ratings, but I appreciate it anyway. It does help me out. Um, check out the description you can get on my mailing list. And if you sign up via the link in the description, you'll get access to a free mini course, Training Program Secrets, where I talk a little bit more about things like RPE, uh, how much to rest, what rep ranges you should use, all this kind of stuff. So some cool training information there. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Catch you soon.